This podcast may contain coarse language. Listener's discretion is advised. Also, this podcast will obviously contain spoilers for Demon Slayer. Please beware, listen at your own risk. Ladies and gentlemen, get your baskets and hide your demon little sisters. It's the Demon Slayer Podcast. I am your host, Alien Renegade, and with me I have my co-host. Hey everyone, it's VLord GTZ here. This is Michael Yep, Microwave is joining in us, kind of <laughs> crossing over from the manga segment. And with us, we also have one more guest. Hi everybody, I'm LaserKid. LaserKid is a good friend of ours from the Tanami Faithful Discord, and he loves Demon Slayer just as much as we do, so we thought, hey, we should have him on. Happy to be here. Yeah, he was really excited. For I some mean, reason, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I blame V-Lord, he got me reading it. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme with with a lot of us at Tanami Faithful. Yes, I've just infected everyone slowly, planted the seeds in your food. Yeah, and then I've infected all my friends locally. It's been fun. It's all part of my master plan. This is why he practically runs the show at this point. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't the plan initially, but it kind of just happened. Yep. <laughs> well, anyways. So, this past Saturday, we just had episode two. And, of course, just like the last episode, we're going to talk about our thoughts about it. What we saw, what, what, what compared to the manga, all that good stuff. But first, of course, let's give a rundown of exactly what happens. So, episode two starts off with Tanjiro grabbing a basket and some bamboo, making a makeshift little carry-on sack for Nezuko. Because since she's a demon now, she can't touch the sunlight or else she fizzles out. And... Nobody will want that, right? So, Heck no. no, she's too cute. That would be sad. Protect. Always protect. And later in the night, Tanjiro finds an abandoned house with the lights still on. And since horror movies weren't invented by, by that time period, Tanjiro goes to check it out. And, of course, he sees dead people. But not in the sixth sense kind of way. But actual dead people. And all of a sudden, there's a demon. And he's like, hey, what you doing here? I'm about to eat. And the demon attacks Tanjiro, especially after finding out that he's traveling with Nezuko, who's now part demon. We get a little moment of Nezuko trying to control her demon urges, seeing a whole bloody mess in front of her. But she snaps out of it the moment Tanjiro's in danger. And she gives a big old football kick to the demon's head and it goes flying. Which honestly surprised the hell out of me the first time I first time I read it, but Don't mess with Tanjiro and Nezuko, clearly, or Nezuko will kick you like a football. And then she will score three points. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so the struggle continues. Tanjiro only has an axe. And the demon's very powerful. And for some reason, the head grows arms because, because yeah, the head grows arms. Eventually, he gets rescued by an old man named Sakonji Urokodaki. And the man t- tells Tanjiro to make a decision. 
you don't have to kill this demon. How are you going to do it? Tanjiro's like, okay, how do I do this but make it hurt as little as possible? Because the only thing he had was his axe, which was stuck to a tree and a big-ass rock. Couldn't really think of a way to do it. So the sun ends up coming out, and the demon dies that way. Rokodaki tells him, see, that's your problem. You ain't, you can't be no demon slayer if you're going to be indecisive like that. Because, you know, that's kind of a common thing you hear a lot, especially in battle. If you're indecisive, you're going to die. Which was a good point. So, Rokodaki decides to put Tanjiro to the test. Takes him all the way up a mountain. And then he just says, alright, you got till sundown, make it back down, see you, bye. And he goes, so Tanjiro's like, okay, just make my way down the mountain. But then he gets barraged by 20,000 traps everywhere. He does good at sniffing most of them out, but there's way too many of them, and he's not that fast. So Tanjiro doesn't give up. He endures the pain like the Shonen Protag he is, and he makes it back down right before the sun rises. Rokodaki, impressed by his resolve, decides to make him his student. And what are the results of that? Well, you'll have to see when episode three is. Yeah, this is just like a really great episode. I mean, for one thing, it introduces Rokodaki, who I, I really like as kind of a early mentor to Tanjiro. But like, it also just kind of shows like Tanjiro's kind of inner turmoil about hurting not only demons, but just other people in general. So it kind of helps set up a lot of like uh, his character for like the future conflicts that we see him in. Yeah, it definitely sets up for some of the stuff where he runs into enemies later, and it's still a thing. Yeah. Um, this also adapts the second and third chapters of uh, Demon Slayer. And I remember uh, back when uh, this was a jump start in uh, Viz's release of Shonen Jump, they stopped right at that end of this episode, basically. That's where chapter three ends. And I was just like, I need more! I need more! Yeah, that was one of the most frustrating things about, uh, like, starting off with the manga. But um, as an adaptation, I thought that this was great, because um, it, it almost felt like the this episode, like, oh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna try to fit in at least one badass action scene per episode with the whole uh, like getting back down the mountain. Like that animation was so fluid; it looked amazing. Yeah, it's interesting too because that scene's not like crazy ambitious in the manga necessarily. It was kind of like pretty much very simple paneling, and I think part of that's like Gotage was obviously starting out at that point. But Yuva Table is doing a really good job of enhancing the scenes to make them a lot more dynamic. And I think that's helping uh, immerse the viewers a lot better than uh, early readers of the manga were feeling initially. I definitely agree with that. It took me a while to grow um, to really get into Demon Slayer when I was reading it. Um, it took off pretty quick once I got into the, uh, uh, well, once I got past the first couple stuff, really. But, oh my gosh, the anime is just like, oh, hi, I have your attention immediately. One of the things I really liked about um, about episode two, 
because you know just like last week i had my volume one with me looking side by side and um one of the things that really stuck out to me in the anime um like in the manga if you guys remember um when he's going through all the traps uh-huh. like in the manga it just stops where he says um but knowing they're there it doesn't help me obey them all but then in the anime they go one step further and it shows like tanjiro getting like showing his determination to not give up so it kind of just transitions into the end of that that test a lot better yeah like they show because the full process see him. yeah yeah they can, like draw out the scene so that it really kind of builds up and you feel like the impact of like tanjiro overcoming this obstacle it really helps to show his growth as a character because they keep commenting on how he's indecisive and that he's weak and he's pushing through these challenges. It's hard, but he's proving his resolve. I think what really helps also to add to the immersion is that they're also adding like this really like dynamic music as well to, to add to the scene. And like even, uh, even earlier scenes where like he stumbles upon the demon in the, was it like a temple or something? Yeah. But like yeah. As soon as as soon as he walks in, you hear the creepy music with like the the vocals where it's like very eerie and stuff. Like it just it adds to the to the tension and the atmosphere. Oh yeah, the soundtrack in this show is really helping it. One hundred percent agree. Big big shout outs to Yuki Kajura and Goshina for the amazing compositions. Yeah, they're only gonna get better as we get further into Oh boy, I get to be hyped now. <laughs> yeah, I heard they both submitted like or over like 500 different pieces and they just had to select from that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. Like, I mean, just from like the second volume of like the Japanese Blu-ray, the the soundtrack that came with it had like 40 or 50 tracks on it. That's like insane. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm not kidding. You could look that up too. Oh, I believe you. That's just crazy. Now I just want a Blu-ray of this even more. Yo. <laughs> Me too. I really Aniplex hope it's... Anaplex Y, uh, you gotta hurt us so much. Anaplex Y. I really hope it's bundled with the the, the US it, Anaplex it better. DVDs, Blu-rays. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it better come there's with no excuse for it not to with, with those prices, man. If you're man. paying over $120 for these things, they better have yeah, a soundtrack. Uh, pretty much, pretty much. I hate to be that guy that... that rags on them but i'm gonna be that guy i am known they are known to be my nemesis on this on the discord server so <laughs> actually i was actually talking to v lord like as soon as uh the anime got announced and we got that it was euphoria i'm like oh this probably means anaplex is has a stake in this and like oh, this is like the one series i would actually shell out that money for well guess i'm going broke yeah yeah this one will probably do it for me too i yep bought a few of their stuff but not nearly as much as i want to but money is a thing yeah it's either that or, or just wait till like and if the thing is if you wait it's going to go out of print because people are still going to buy it anyway uh yeah that's true too just like the gurren lagan complete set that that was gone it's funny too because you can buy like the gurren lagan blu-rays for like dirt cheap in the uk they're like 40 bucks importing ho. I'm glad I got DVDs for Gurren back in the day from Bandai. Yeah, same. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, the dub goes for this episode, though, uh, as usual, Tanjiro's performance was, like, solid. 
And, uh, yeah, Urokodaki Uro- sounded really good, too. Urokodaki sounds the way I imagined him when I was reading those manga chapters. It was crazy. I'm like, in my head, like, uh, he's got a kind of a learned, deep voice. Well, there it is. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's kind of kind of like your go kind of like your typical old man mentor voice and i was just like that's exactly exactly what i was thinking right on the mark heck yeah i mean that's the way this whole dub has been heck even nezuko and she's not even saying it she's just kind of grunting she's getting across that emotion really well i mean abby trot's got this i forgot that like there was a flashback in this episode too where nezuko actually does talk so yeah, it was kind of good like rewatching that as well. Yeah, her second yep. line in the show. Awesome. <laughs> it was a good good insight on her character too, so cuz you know, she doesn't usually get to talk much. Yeah. It worked out. I I really liked um at the beginning uh like Tanjiro's manner of speech being like so polite to the the old man he was giving money for the the bamboo in the basket. I thought like the the choice in dialogue was really good. Uh and it matched the lip flaps really well. Mm-hmm. That was beautifully done. I agree. I insist that you let me pay you. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say shut up and take my money, but I don't think Tanjiro would ever say that. Tanjiro's too good of a boy to say shut up. <laughs> it's true. <Yeah. laughs> it's not in his vocabulary. I don't even think he knows what that word means. Probably not. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh, man. And then, like, the. The the response of the old man, like after it like zoomed out and it shows like his hand is hurting. I was expecting him to like say something, but he just made like a noise and it was it was great. <laughs> yes. Tanjiro <laughs> <laughs> is too good of a boy for this world. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's what makes him interesting though, because he's have, having to adapt, but he's not adapting the way most people would, which is really cool. Yeah, like even Rakadaki says, oh. You can't make a decision because you have too much empathy. But then, like, it's interesting because it's not the story itself doesn't frame it in like a bad way. So, I'm looking forward to seeing like how how people new to the show are going to see how that that turns into one of his strengths. Because yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this a lot in the manga episodes, but like one of the big things in Demon Slayer is that it has this running theme of empathy. Like, in, like, a lot of its characters, like, there is, regardless of what they're doing, there is this kind of core aspect to them where, like, you do feel sorry for them and you understand why they're doing what they're doing. So, it's kind of cool, like, in episode two, you see all this setup for that. Yeah, the seeds are being sown. Oh, and yeah. Like, it's, it, it, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No problem. Uh, it's just... What I, what I find interesting is not the fact that Tanjiro isn't really, like, against the idea of killing demons in general, but it's that, like, he doesn't want to do it in a way that'll make them suffer more. Because I think, from his perspective, it's probably that, oh, these people were turned against demons, probably against, uh, turned into demons probably against their own will, and they're probably suffering because of that. So he doesn't want to make them suffer even more. Which is... That's, that's a good point. I mean, he's, I got, I mean, he's got his sister uh, to consider... And if it happened to her, it could easily happen to someone else. Exactly. Like, he's he's really good at putting himself in other people's shoes and, like, just taking that extra step of consideration. Yeah, I have to say, I honestly was, like, really surprised when 
like when I first went through the manga and he, he, he grabbed the rock and he just didn't do it. I was just like, whoa, hold on, hold on. And I was like, whoa, what are you doing? That's that's not what I'm used to. That's different. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is too brutal. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, yeah, like, because normally in like showing and stuff, it's just like, oh, that's your first, that's your first death. Now you're, that's your first kill. Now you're going to be on the path to being a warrior, but he just doesn't do it. I was just like, whoa compassion in, in my shonen manga? What? <laughs> he refuses to get like desensitized. It's definitely unusual for the genre. Also, um, one more thing I want to talk about adaptation-wise. The decision to add um, Gi's letter to Orokodaki at the end of the episode, oh. I, I wasn't expecting that. I thought they just kind of glossed over it until I got, until I got to the end because in the manga, for those who haven't read, it shows up like right when like the letter to Orokodaki shows up right when Orokodaki first appears. But it waited until after Tanjiro got to the end of the trial and then they did the letter. And I'm and that just honestly, that really kind of made that scene a lot more emotional, especially with the sun rising and everything. It really like ties everything together in the episode. So it was a good choice to like rearrange that like scene. It really helps to close off what's been going on. So, yeah. I think it makes the moment feel a little more earned because uh, instead of just Hirokodaki taking Giyu for his word, he, he like, he decides to test Tanjiro anyway. And then, like, after Tanjiro proves himself, it's like, okay, Giyu was right, which is, it's cool because it, it, it serves to, like, not hype up Giyu, but, like, show that, oh, he has a, he actually had an eye for this thing, and then like uh, his master was willing to like take him up on that. Mm-hmm. Also, the soundtrack on that part, oof. Oh man, yeah, so good. Like I, I felt a tear in my eye during that during that part. I can't lie. I mean, honestly, the anime is making me cry like a baby, real easy. Like I've cried a bit when reading the manga, but not nearly as much. The 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 soundtrack, the voice acting, everything comes together just to honestly, this thing was made like almost meant to be an anime. And they really could not have picked a better studio for it. Yeah. I remember for a long time people were concerned like Demon Slayer would go to like Perot or like some studio that wouldn't be able to handle it. But I'm glad it was Yufa Table, because they they just like went all out with it. They really put in a ton of love, like into this adaption. Yeah, it helps yes. that they also like they they did collaborate with Batoge and like they were actually around for like giving advice to some scenes, like fleshing out some and others in the in future episodes. So having involvement from the author is always a great thing too. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't either, but that's cool. Yeah, I'll I'll let you know in the future once. It- uh, we hit some episodes. It I definitely shows as well. Though. You'll definitely notice because there's going to be some. I guess I was called in like extended scenes that like fleshed out some parts of the manga that were just kind of glossed over. I can definitely understand that now. Like now that you say it, it makes the whole scene with Tanjiro's family in episode one make a lot more sense. Yeah. Like when they, like when they first show his family and they go out of their way to give like every member of the family like a little bit of personality before they you know go yeah i yeah, think that... it, it just it just helps like i think when uh you have like an anime coming out and then uh let's say like you're the original author you can like you could choose like hey oh 
I originally had this in mind or whatever, or maybe we can improve it like this, like looking at the manga, like a kind of like a first draft and like seeing how you can improve it for uh, an experience that probably more people might be easily exposed to. Yeah, I mean, especially with like Shonen Jump adaptations, it makes sense because there does feel to always kind of be this like running trend where like there's this underlying need to sprint out of the gate when you're a Shonen Jump series because the popularity can be such a cutthroat make or break thing for them. So now that like Demon Slayer is a success, it makes sense like, okay, now we can like actually expand upon these things. Right. Instead of avoiding the X, they can like now take the time to like flesh things out a bit, which is that's what that's what helps when you have a like an anime adaptation. Like you get to set the pace. Definitely agree there. Also, I don't know why uh... I probably just had a dumbass brain fart, but for some reason that demon, I don't know why, but I, I read I read that I read that demon stuff in a girl's voice for some reason. When it started talking, I was like, oh shit, it's a dude. <laughs> That's funny. That's just my I, random thing. I watched the sub uh and like the the voice actor for, for that demon in the sub was like He's actually like a really high profile voice actor from like the nineties that he still gets work but not as much anymore. But like when I heard it, I'm like, Whoa, why the hell did they get him for this no name demon? And like apparently that was like a trend. Like like there were so many so many demons that like they were voiced by like high profile actors in Japan that like any of them could have easily been like the protagonists of their own shows, and they have been, especially for like jump series and stuff. It was just, it was so, not jarring, but, like, it threw me off. I think I think that they got, like, Koyasu for one of the demons. Oh, yeah, um, the Japanese voice for Dio was, uh, he's the, he's the demon in episode 5. Oh, jeez. And uh, I think, I don't know if any of you have seen Slam Dunk, another Shonen Jump series, but uh, the guy who plays Rukawa, the, the main rival, that was basically the guy who voiced this uh, this demon in this episode. Oh, that's interesting. It was cool. It was very interesting. But I, I like the, um, I like the voice for the English voice for, for that demon too. Because uh, I think the scene when he was like stuck to the tree was, <laughs> it was delivered like spot on. Like, I, I guess tangling my hair into the axe was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a lot of good humor in this episode. Like between that or Nesco just kind of not wanting to go into the basket. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, in the dub, I think the demon, I just did a quick search. I think it was Ben Diskin. Oh, nice. Ooh, that's a good choice, too. Yep. Not a bad choice at all. What was he in uh, other stuff? He's been in a lot. Uh, you remember uh, Codename Kids Next Door? Oh, yeah. Number one and number two. Really? Yep. Oh, shit. I didn't even know that they were two different people or the same person. Um. In terms of like anime stuff, if you watch Kill a Kill, he's a uh, Takarada, the Dollar Dude, Dosh King. He's also oh. a Joseph Joestar in uh, JoJo. Yeah, oh, nice. That's dope. Yeah, Ben Diskin's a freaking great actor. So it looks like it looks like they're following the same trend with the the English actors. <laughs> hey, fun when they can do things like that. Yep. So, anything else you guys want to say? I think I'm good. Uh, no. Yeah, I, I, that I, well I, covers I, it. I really like the script. That's uh, that's what I want to say. 
Oh yeah, I can. Yeah, the script writing's been really, really good. Agreed, totally. Hundred percent agreed. I've been like looking just to see, like, oh, like how well does it fit with like context, but also like doing the best they can to match the lip flaps, which is it's been working out really good. Yeah, for sure, and I think it's only going to keep up as we keep going. I'm interested to see how they handle Inosuke because, like, since he doesn't technically have lip flaps, I wonder if they're going to be a bit more, like, freeform with his dialogue. That would be kind of great just to see Inosuke go nuts. I guess you can, you can see, you can get, you can say they'll probably be ready to go hog wild. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, I think I've taken lethal pun damage. <laughs> I'm trying to remember who, who wrote it because I remember I saw it on Twitter. And I'm trying to remember. Oh, it was um, Kyle McCarley. Kyle McCarley wrote. He said he wrote like the first ten episodes. Oh, oh good choice. Wow. I like Carl- Kyle McCarley. He's cool. Yeah, he's a really good VA too. Like I remember he was like a uh, Amaro in the new Detective Conan movie dub. Oh really? Yeah, he did a really good job too. I think I know him as um, like Alm from Fire Emblem Echoes. Yep. And uh, he's also the gatekeeper in the new one. Yep. Greetings, Professor. Nothing to report. <laughs> he was also Mikazuki in uh, Gundam Iron Blooded Orphans, I think. Yep. Yeah. Finally, a role I recognize. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Pleb over here. But I mean, yeah. oh, big props to all the staff working on Demon Slayers. So far, it's totally sublime. For sure. Yeah, can't wait to uh, see more characters introduced. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think because I, I don't know. I haven't actually seen the whole anime. Well, most of it at all. I was like, like what episode does uh, Zenitsu appear? Uh, I want to say eleven. Yeah, that sounds right. I have to look forward to that. Then that's my guy. Either ten or eleven, and then Inosuke the episode after that. Well, it's going to be a little bit till, till we get to hear them then. The long, torturous wait week by week. And keep forgetting that there's a whole lot that happens in between then. Yeah, yeah we have like two entire arcs. Now what I want to know is what Muzan is going to sound like. Me too. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. I don't know why, but for some reason, like anytime I see a villain like him, my first thought is Keith Silverstein. He could work, I think. Yeah, that's not a bad call. Like, like anytime it's like one of those kind of like mysterious dark sinister villains, my first thought is just Keith Silverstein. He does he does good with those kind of roles, but it could it could be anybody. So we'll have to see. Yeah, and I think one of the things with like Luzon, I guess we can get into this when he actually shows up. But like, there's so many different ways you can interpret him, like in terms of like a voice acting role. So I'm interested to see how it turns out. Definitely. Michael Jackson impression or rewrite? Oh God! Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there has to be like in the future, maybe like dub outtakes or like a like a commentary track where <laughs> they got to make whoever voices Muzan do that. Oh God! Oh if, God! I, uh, I think I might bang, die and laugh. Bang Zoom! Bang Zoom! If anybody from Bang Zoom is listening to this, please, if you guys do Demon Slayer outtakes, please. Please have Michael Jackson moves on as a blooper. I beg of please, you. Please, please. Or on the I, I commentary agree. track. This would be freaking great. Track. Well, I think that about wraps up the uh, 
the episode two discussion. So, guess it's time to clean it up. You guys can follow us on Twitter at D Slayer Podcast. You could also listen to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. We're everywhere on the internet, just about. You can follow me, Alien Renegade, on Twitter at Alien Renegade and VLord. People can find me on Twitter at VLordGTZ. And you can find my more manga-focused reviews over on all-comic.com, as well as my Tanami-focused articles and reviews over on TanamiFaithful.com. So hit me up on any of those. Okay, Michael Wavy. <laughs> Where um, can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Microwavy, the E before the V. And I'm also a co-host on The View from the Top, a Haiku podcast. It's at HaikyuPod on Twitter. We do like monthly episodes about like the manga and any news that comes out. Um, the anime season four is going to come out soon. So if you're into Haiku, you should look forward to that. And I'm also on The Good Friends Anime Club. It's just me and three friends getting together, uh, having friendly, inclusive conversation about any stuff that we're checking out. Uh, we did talk Demon Slayer uh, about Volume 8 recently, if, you're, if you want to check that out. Uh, we're at Good Friends, Good Friends Cast on Twitter. It's a good time. Fun. I got to check that out. Yeah. All right. All righty, Laser Kid, where can they find you? Um. Probably the best place to find me on would be on Twitter with LaserKid Prime. I don't have too many crazy stuff going on, so but I'm there and I'm on the disc, on the Tsunami Faithful Discord, chatting it up all the time. Yeah, I gotta join uh, the Discord. Yeah, I'll shoot you an invite. Yeah. Alrighty, that's it for this episode. So, good night, and we'll see you guys the next episode. See you later. Peace. <laughs>